0: We believe that true success in every domain of life and work begins with a vision and a plan. I'm Michael Counts. And I'm Sarah Ellis Conan, and we are the founders of A-Plan Coaching.
1: And you're listening to All You Need Is A Plan.
2: A podcast that explores how we can get the most out of life and work in the midst of more and more complicated and challenging times.
1: Each week, we'll bring you guests who represent success stories at companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes.
0: As well as thought leaders at the forefront of business and the wellness economy.
1: So the purpose of this podcast is to share and explore stories of personal and organizational achievement ranging from how a company can change its culture, and transform into the next phase of its evolution and succeed in new ways, to how a filmmaker can have a vision for a new project and realize it despite all the complexities, challenges, and difficulties that stand in the way, to how two creative partners can build a business and become an award-winning architectural firm, and how a new mom can see a need and launch a small nonprofit that grows into one of the largest diaper banks in the U.S., and many more. Knowing that achievement is really an inside job, we'll look at how habits are formed and obstacles overcome how organizational systems are put together, and how goals are set and explained, how successful teams are structured and managed, how people are supported to bring their best, and how challenges to team and group dynamics are mitigated so that the toxicity that can sometimes exist in a culture doesn't rule the day. So in this podcast, all you need is a plan. We're going to explore how things get done, big and small, in companies and organizations of all shapes and sizes, and the role that coaching and other tools have in supporting the achievement of individual and organizational goals. With that in mind, let's get to it. I'm Michael Accounts.
2: And I'm Susanna Ludwig.
1: And our guest today is Karen Stone, who is an A-Plan client. Also, uh, full disclosure, her coach is none other than my co-host and our beloved Susanna Ludwig. And I'm excited to to kind of jump into this conversation. Karen is here as a guest today in part because she's an A-Plan client, but primarily because She's had a significant experience with coaching. And like me, that has the potential to be really life transforming. And in our shift of the podcast to both balancing coaching for companies and coaching related to performance and success and fulfillment, we're trying to balance it with really just individual stories about people using coaching to gain greater clarity and effectiveness in their lives. And this is the beginning of those conversations. So, Karen, it's really great to have you here. So welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Like awesome. an honor and a privilege. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it feels that way to me, too. I want to kind of pose this first question to kind of both of you. I'd just love to hear, Karen, we'll start with you, like your journey to this moment, to kind of what led you to, to coaching? That's often the question that we ask people like right when they sort of show up, say, hey, I'm interested in a plan. I'm interested in coaching. It's like, well, what brought you to coaching at this moment in your life? Sometimes there's a catalyzing event and sometimes not, but I'd love to just hear your story. And then, Suze, have you jump in with, you know, your perspective, both on coaching generally, on anything that kind of fills in some of the gaps with your experience working with Karen and and your thoughts on coaching as it relates to kind of individuals and, and their happiness, success, fulfillment, and so on. So anyway, starting with you, Karen, tell us your story.
0: Well, I was first introduced to coaching. I worked with Sarah Ellis Conant at um, Rudolf Steiner Foundation, or now called RS Social Finance. And I sort of admired what she would share about coaching, and I think she was starting her journey And I always held it in this esteem of like people who are amazing and high achieving, taking things to the next level. And it was sort of something I think I put on a pedestal and aspired to. And throughout the subsequent 20 years would take a course or do some reading, but felt like coaching was this really neat thing that could help me, but I didn't really access it, make time for it, make financial space for it. And then I was following Sarah on social media and I saw that she was starting this company and I knew immediately, Oh, this is so needed. This is going to be such a successful company. I want to follow along and just see what happens. And then she posted that they were offering um, some spaces for clients. And it was just this perfect moment in time where I was feeling particularly stuck and, Mm -hmm. um, stuck in my job, stuck in certain dynamics, just in relationships with my family and not feeling very spacious, but it was like I knew I needed some kind of shakeup. And so I responded right away. And I I wrote her on on social media. I said, Sarah, I, I, I want one of these slots. I'd love it. So she wrote back right away and connected me with Susanna. And the process of intake was like totally incredible. And it was hard, but I knew it was exactly what I needed because it was asking me these questions in a really comfortable way that didn't make me feel like this was out of my grasp somehow or out of, wasn't going to, I don't know, somehow was beyond me. It Mm -hmm. felt really accessible and it felt really like I was starting realizing the questions that I needed to start asking myself. And it was just like, oh yes, this is going to be great. So that's like the beginning. And I knew right away that Susanna was the person I wanted to work with too. And I don't know exactly how or why, but it's just like all of these little pieces that led to me signing up and saying yes and choosing to make a financial investment that was a stretch. But this is important. I need to invest in myself and get to a new place, get out of sort of this stuck feeling. Mm. And I knew Right away, meaning Susanna, that that was going to happen. Because I think (laughs) probably in our first conversation, right, I could sense that I've always known this too, that coaching is about making these little shifts, these little energy shifts, but I didn't know how to do it myself and just getting to the essence of things. But again, you can't do that alone. You can read about it. You can think about it, but you need that person to reflect back. And so I just knew right away it was going to make a huge difference. And what has it been? year and a half two and a half it was before the pandemic we started working together
2: i think it was like in may of 2019 Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah two and a half amazing amazing yeah you were one of my first a plan clients and i have to say there's a certain magic in the way a plan it pairs people with coaches but i also felt right away that even if i was not your coach that we would really be friends There's just sort of an organic, beautiful connection that we had from the first time we ever worked together. And I am a coach who, I mean, I fall in love with all of my clients. That's just the way I move in the world. But definitely there are some that feel more organically uh, suited where the work doesn't feel hard. It just feels like we just get to be together and every week we get somewhere, at least I feel like we do. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. But it happens incredibly organically.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think I can't imagine what it would be like to not feel that kind of connection. Like I imagine that you can still be really successful, but there is part of me that because of the right relationship, I feel like I really can be myself and that you see me and you get me without me really having to explain too much because we have a bond Um, and we have points of connection and things that we relate to each other around that do make an ease, there's less explaining so that we can get really quickly to what's up, totally,
2: yeah, I agree with that,
0: yeah, Is
1: yeah, that, that, that's the to to just jump in as a consumer, Karen, you know, Sarah was my coach for years and years, and it's funny so much of what you describe kind of parallels my journey with her. There was a point when she, after. Getting her MBA at Stanford and working at Deloitte for a while, she came back to coaching, and she reached out to people that she had worked with before and said, "Hey, I'm starting this new program." And her specific kind of positioning of herself was to, she said, "Out coaching for world changing leaders." And I remember thinking, like, "Do I qualify? Can I? Like, <laughs> am I eligible?" And it's funny because now we've sort of followed that mode in a bit as a plan, with the idea that we coach change makers, And that can really be, I mean, in our definition, that's like people changing the world, people changing culture at their companies, people innovating in different ways, and people willing to make a change in themselves. Like people that are ready to make that little shift that can, you know, catalyze a big shift in our experience. Um, so I just, I feel a certain fondness for, or for a certain connection with you around just having Sarah be someone that sort of modeled a certain way of being in the world that was very attractive and inspired me to be a better version of myself.
0: Absolutely. And I love how you said that because I always thought, I'm not a change maker. I'm not doing these huge things in the world. But the truth of the matter is, like you said... Whatever I do, whoever I am has a ripple effect. My children, mm. my spouse, the people I work with, who knows, right? Who we touch throughout our day. And that notion of affecting the world through small, tiny little shifts, I mean, maybe we really can make a difference in how we move through the world. If we're holding ourselves in a certain esteem and f- feeling good and feeling positive. And those little energy shifts we make for ourselves, I think, I hope can have an effect on those around us.
1: Totally. It's funny because it's sort of meta to this conversation, but a huge part of my growth over the last several years was, like, if I dealt with people on an individual level, I'd talk about my experience and I'd offer a sort of my own testimonial about coaching and things that I'd learned and ways that I'd grown. And I'd really see it, uh, their connection, see their identification, see that my sharing Truthfully, in, in a way that was vulnerable, allowed them to maybe see different possibilities in themselves. And then there was this shift that I kind of was longing for, which was to share that with a greater amplification, do a podcast or, or write so just to sort of amplify that voice and reach more people. And it was terrifying for me. I worked with my coach so actively for months and months and months, just trying to summon the courage. To get over this idea that, like, who gives a shit what you think, Michael? Like, who cares what your experience <laughs> has been? That imposter syndrome inner conversation. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that whether, you know, we've had a last count, it was a little over a thousand listens to this podcast, right? And that's sort of small in one scheme. And, but it's also a thousand, over a thousand people have listened to us talking about these things that have been really impactful in our lives. And, and I really do believe that. Some of them have heard something that shifted their thinking a little bit and opened up a new possibility for them. And I think that by doing the things that we're doing, you with your kids, me with mine, us sharing our insights in a way that can reach people is like, it's daring and scary and, and, and so essential now, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for me too, in this time, like, It's being willing to be uncomfortable and to see that, because as you were saying that being terrified to share, I mean, I I was so nervous to even be on the podcast, but the truth is that discomfort, I have always shied away from it. I'm the kind of person that I don't want to have the hard conversation. I don't want to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'd rather just be, and that was one of the, that was how I was actually feeling quite stuck. And I realized what I'm learning is that discomfort, that what you're talking about, about sharing this, that's like where the good stuff is. And as soon as I can get comfortable being uncomfortable, or at least like, this is an okay feeling to feel and I can deal with it and I can get through it. The more opportunities there are, to grow and to do exciting things and to have good conversations and to move things along. I mean, for me, that just to move through things and not that I keep saying stuck and it wasn't actually what I thought that I would hearken on for this conversation, but that reframe, that ability to see things differently and see a way through it and get Mm -hmm. comfortable, but in that stickiness is so key. And I feel like, we all need that now because we need to be having hard conversations. We need to be able to dialogue. Times are challenging. And so, right, the more people I think that can decide for themselves that I want to be able to do that, the better for all of us. Totally.
2: I'm thinking back to some of our early conversations when you were, quote unquote, stuck. I, di- I didn't quite see it that way, but I know you felt that way. And I'm wondering, can you give our listeners an example or two? about how our work together created a shift for you? Because that's part of what we're trying to do is to talk about, to have stories that people can hang on to, to maybe tap into like imagining for themselves how coaching could create a shift for them.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big shifts that I've made in this time is I've transitioned to a new job. And I think when we were working together, I was really questioning what am I meant to do Am I in the right place? Should I be doing something different? And what is that saying? And so I did, I transitioned to a new job two months ago, actually. And I had been in the same job for, I think, nine years and was very comfortable, but also had this sense of too comfortable. Like I maybe want to be able to grow more in all of the ways, professionally, financially, and also be at a bigger, I was working at an independent school. And so thinking, you know, I'd like to be at a bigger organization that has more impact in my community. I've worked in the nonprofit sector for 20 years or so. So the shift for me was getting clear that actually it's okay to not see the full path. It's okay to take the small steps, but that taking the steps and taking some risks even and putting myself out there to figure out what I want and to get to a new place. And so I think over the the last two and a half years I got clear that I do want to do something new, I do want to be challenged, I do want to grow, and it's okay if this isn't the perfect next job also. It's still a professional work in progress, that my career is still wide open, but that it's exciting and important to take another step. And again, I kept saying to myself and I think to you, Susanna, I need to push myself out of the nest, you know? And it was scary because it's easy to stay comfortable. It's easy to stay where you're known and where you know how to do the job well. And I'm actually really seeing that now too. Like I'm uncomfortable not knowing how to do certain things or not doing things perfectly. And and then accepting myself in this new world, that's okay to not do things perfectly. I've spent a lot of time worrying about what other people think. And again, being in this new place, not worrying about what other people think, just doing my best and knowing that it will all unfold the way it's meant to has given me a sense of freedom. I think I'm much easier on myself. and can enjoy the process a lot more. Continuing to make those mental shifts. It's okay that this is hard. It's okay that it's not perfect. And then also to find the joy. That was something you and I talked about really recently, Susanna. I sort of started this job and was like, this is hard and I don't know if I like it and I don't know if I'm going to be successful. And you said, um, you know, how can you just find the fun and find the joy in it? And I really try to do that every day. And the fun parts might not even be the task, but it's the people I get to work with. Or, you know, I just think to just shift and not to be chipping away at it all the time. Am I doing this right? Am I okay? I really have lightened up on myself in that regard. And I also think that what is so valuable is for me, it's relationships are so important. Like you were talking about earlier, Michael, like if I can contribute to the culture at this organization, if I can contribute to my team and, and radiate positivity and let's have fun working together, it can be whatever we want it to be, right? It doesn't matter the actual task. If we're doing it together, if we're feeling good, if we're feeling, um, making a small difference, maybe that's it, right? Maybe... That's all we actually need.
1: So in response to what you just said, Karen, what strikes me is seeing the very simple tools that we apply, you know, in practice and seeing how they impact people and how they've impacted me, but hearing it from someone else is so validating. And those questions are, what do you want, right? Yeah. Like really getting clear on that and then asking it again and again and again and again and because it changes. I look about what I want now And it's different than a month ago. And some things are the same, but it's like we're in a fluid landscape. And so building a habit around asking that question, what do you want, changed my life. And it sounds like that question for you is really impactful as well. It was the simple power of focusing on what's working and celebrating what you have as opposed to what you don't. And I spent most of my life up until a few years ago when I got really serious about building a habit around a gratitude practice, I was negatively biased my belief is that most people have a really strong negative bias and we're so much more hardwired and prone to see what's not working we could have the day that we had and we could have done 150 things right and four wrong or quote unquote wrong and we'll just harp on the wrong all night and the next day and the days after and that defined my experience versus when you start to focus on what's working and what you can build on and what's, you, what's worth celebrating in your life that's great, it may not all be perfect, but like, wow, look at all of this. It crowds out all that other negative noise in a way that to me really changed my whole sense of the world. And if you think about that, changing your sense of the world is really changing your world. It's just how I experience my day to day is much more positive, much more filled with celebration, gratitude, feeling like a lucky person as opposed to feeling like, man, my cards were crappy in this life and so it is, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so true. And that's the value of working with a coach because we might say all of these things, but the Susanna will pull out those positives for me and she'll say, I heard you say this and this and this. And those are points of celebration. Those are where I might've just been kind of... Sp- venting and thinking things are horrible, she'll pull out the keys that are celebrations for me. And then what I love is looking back at the notes after, because I'll realize in that written reflection, oh, I not only had some really positive outcomes, but like this is really exciting. Look how fun this is. You know, it's that, it's all the positives and I'll even read it. And so, oh, I can't believe I said that. That's right. You know, I'll hear these little nuggets that I realize I want to keep, but I might not have actually even heard myself say them, you know? And so to not only have her say them back to me, but then to document them and, and to have that opportunity to go and look back, is so rewarding. And you can really Say to yourself, oh, I've done some good work here. And I didn't used to think about things this way. I don't know. It's just, it's just a really, really fabulous tool. And you were talking about the gratitude practice. I'm not always great about going into the app. And I wish I was mm. better because it's such an amazing tool. But to say the things we're grateful for first thing in the morning, it's like putting that positive out there. You, you, you attract more positive. It's Jean, I, I didn't think about it as this negative bias, but you saying that was made perfect sense to me. And we have to battle it. We have to overcome it. Using tools and gratitude is one of the perfect ways and asking ourselves what we want and clarifying that and letting it be new too, you know? It doesn't have to be the same thing I wanted a year ago, for example, because I'm a changing person. It can be simple too. It doesn't have to be, I want a new job. I want a new life. It can just be like these little things. And when we can say, I want that and I've achieved that, it's a, a, a success to build on and something to be grateful for. Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things has been um, adding tools to my toolbox, things that Susanna mm-hmm. has brought to me, like, why don't you try a mantra for this week? Why don't you try meditating for five minutes in the morning before you get out of bed? Layering on these tools also to help, I wanna let, to maximize our work in a way, right? But yeah. also to just try to stay true to who I am and what I want and what I need.
2: Totally. Um, yeah. I was thinking before that one of the benefits of working with a coach is actually having somebody who you can trust in their knowing that your future is going to be better. Mm. So even when you as the client feels nervous or can't see what's ahead, the coach can not necessarily see because we're not psychic, but we can believe in your future maybe in some ways, even more than you do. So that gives you sort of the boost to then be able to take the risks that otherwise feel hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's very reassuring. I can have a check-in with you and I want to say it's either positive feedback or it's like, yeah, it's that feeling. It's that reassurance that this path is okay. This path is positive. This is doable. This is we're all, we're all okay, you know?
2: And also just my belief in that you have all the answers that <laughs> the path is yours. Yeah. And that yes. I know that it, as it is, is amazing. Yeah. Even when you, well, because I think sometimes, sorry, sorry, Michael, but sometimes no you can, sometimes when we're going into new territory that we've never been before, that can be really scary because it's much easier to stay with what we know than what we don't know.
0: Absolutely. And we don't always see ourselves actually for who we are sometimes. It's clouded Mm. by our negative biases. So it's nice to have somebody who actually sees you. And I know that as a coach, you have to do a lot of work to really see someone, really listen, really hear. You know, it's not just this talking to somebody. And there's so much that goes into being there for someone as a coach. But I think that means, yeah, I do trust that you see me very clearly. And so when you say, I feel good about this for you, or, you know, whatever, I, I trust it. I totally believe it. It doesn't feel like a placation or like my mom telling me, you're doing a good (laughs) job, honey. It's real. It feels, um,
1: yeah. We said at the beginning, we were talking about the the intimacy, even the love between coach and clients. And, And I think that that's so Real and rooted in, and it's not like, oh, I love some of them and not others. It's like what Susie, what you were saying is, I fall in love with all of my clients, some more than others, but I fall in love with all of my clients. And and what I believe is that, like, it's because of the vulnerability, it's because of the holding the positive. In my experience with my coach, she holds like the best version of me. And when I forget and get scared, she's like, yeah, but what about this? I'm like, Right. That's who I am. Not the fear, not the insecurity, not the imposter syndrome, not the hardwired, you know, neurobiological negative bias, but my desires for myself and who I want to be, who I'm striving to be. And in a way, it's that mirror. Yes, it's it's in love falling in love with the other person, but in a way it's also seeing who you really are by this other person helping kind of hold up a mirror to you. And that's very different, I think, than the way. a a mom does or a spouse does. It's the agenda that others have for us. It's not that there's not love there. It's just a different kind of love. You know what I mean? And they do have an agenda for us in ways that are sometimes benign, sometimes wonderful, sometimes, you know, limiting, right? But that's the, a coach is such a unique relationship in my life and has been, and there's nothing quite like it. And I think it's because of how of the absence of that agenda and their ability and willingness and purpose and mirroring back all the stuff that is the best version of you and the stuff that you really want and your desires and your hopes and your dreams and you know, all that.
0: Yeah. It keeps us sort of in touch with all that. It it gets cuts through the noise, I think. Mm. And I'll find even if I don't, I actually, if I don't have an agenda for my conversation or I've got a million things and I not sure what to focus on. It doesn't in a way actually matter. It's just like coming back to center.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: always know that I'm going to feel not just better, but I'm going to have a shift that's going to help me get through my next week after I have my time with Susanna. It's, it's quite remarkable.
1: Well, one more thing I just want to mm-hmm. plug on that topic specifically is sometimes we talk about, and I think our vision for this whole company was I had coaching for years been the consumer of coaching for um 20 years now and there was a version of it that I now think of as like coaching 1.0 where it started for me and then all the things that we've added and the ways that we've tried to improve it is the sort of like coaching 2.0 and and the 2.0 it takes that moment of the the kind of tuning fork right you were saying it is oh I reconnect and I kind of plug in and that's absolutely true But in coaching one data, it was like, I got that once a week, Mm -hmm. right? And I would Mm -hmm. sort of drift back to my baseline. And then I'd have this moment of reconnecting and it was like a tuning fork and then slowly it would sort of diminish. And then I'd go back to my baseline. And the purpose of the app is really about just sort of keeping that connection, that tether, like ever so subtle, but there. And you mentioned it in the notes. and, And for me, it's in the notifications. And when I put something in the app and I get like a high five from my coach. I never go all the way back down to my baseline. I'm just going kind to of raise my baseline over time. And I'm always in that conversation. The app come becomes sort of a surrogate for the coaches reflecting back at me that best version of myself because I have it with me all the time. And I have them in effect with me all the time. And some of our coaches even say, hey, I'm in your pocket. What do you need? You know, that kind of relationship. And it's so powerful because of that tuning fork analogy. It never goes back down to silent. It it, it, it it just it stays with you. And I think that's a super powerful thing. That's very much why we've designed it that way.
0: I love that. I love that idea of the tuning fork and returning to baseline versus actually staying. It, that actually reminds me of, I want to use that more having he- heard you say that because I may not have actually internalized it myself that that's the value, but it is. It's like keeping yourself actually at that Because I, yeah, you absolutely do. I come out of a coaching session feeling like I've leveled up on and to get to maximize that and to stay there um, because I'll notice too, like Susanna will send my notes maybe hours later, which is actually good because then I go back and look at it and it sort of reminds me and actually perhaps even inspires me further because I pick up on things that I might not have even remembered. And then I can carry that through in a different way. Um. Something I was also thinking about, you know, talking about a transition that's happened over these last couple of years, and there's this outward one of having a job shift, but I'm just reminded. I think one of the most amazing transformations is the ability to at least consider having difficult conversations. And I was Mm. thinking the value of having that person to check in with weekly is to say, I need to have this hard conversation with this person. and you get to practice it, but you also get to have witness to how you're saying it. If you're being true to your, yourself and what your needs are and your wants and, and being encouraged to get through it in a certain way. So I, I feel like that learning has actually brought about some of these transformations. So yeah, I just wanted to share that having a coach who can help you shift your energy around hard things and can maybe even practice having a hard conversation or see you through it means that those hard conversations aren't so scary anymore. And you um, see the gold at the other side. And I find myself so much more willing to just enter into things. And so I'm able to be unstuck because I'm willing to ask for what I need. And and what I've found too is that by putting myself out there, you actually get to deepen your relationships with people, right? Like if you're willing to actually have the hard conversation and be vulnerable. And I kind of know that I have Susanna's support in, in having them in the first place. I actually get to have them more often. And I feel like I've gotten to deepen my relationships because of it. So to have that person weekly who can help coach you through those things that you're assuming are going to be challenging, you know, can help navigate like all of these challenging bits that get you forward, whether it's totally. a new job, whether it's improving, you know, your communication with your spouse, whatever it might be.
1: There, there's one that, that I was just reminded of as you were talking, which is also in my, in my case, there was an instance recently with my communication with myself. There's so much of that and so many dimensions of it. But like there was this instance that I've been talking about a lot since since I had it because it was just really powerful for me, which is, you know, A-Plan has been sort of like a, a a dream. It's been the culmination of most of the work I've done for the last 20 years in different ways, and it feels like really like a calling. Like we're so excited. This company has so, it's such a great culture and we're growing and hiring new people and we're almost 50 coaches now and all this stuff. And and I was sharing this with my coach and I said, like, man, it's like, it's crazy. And I was like, I said, like, it's bonkers that we're like at this level. And she's like, didn't you plan this? (laughs) Uh And I was like, yeah, I did. And she's like, and just pointed out this very subtle thing about that, like, thinking it was so unplanned and, and accidental and, and yeah, there was a lot of luck and a lot of things contributed, but my story (laughs) and the words that I was selecting was like, dumb luck, you know? And, And she was just like very subtly pointing out this little tweak in the conversation I was having, which was to reframe it as yeah, you and your team and Sarah, you guys planned this and you've executed it well, and now you're here. And that takes the mystery out of where we're going. And it's like that, it empowered this idea of growth and, and personal growth and company growth and evolution. And it's like the certainty of like, you go to the gym, you start working out, you're going to get more fit, Just <laughs> the way it goes, you know what I mean? And and I think that, that putting that control back in our hands is just, is so empowering. And sometimes we don't want to think that We've had, we've had agency in this because it, it kind of just it reframes, I think, our relationship to it. And there's this there's that, there's that great line, one of the things we fear most is not our inabilities, it's our abilities. It's not our darkness, it's our light that we fear. And I think that there's such, so much truth to that.
2: Mm-hmm. I can relate to what you're saying, Michael. Recently, I was with a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time. And that friend was saying to me, oh my goodness, your life is such an amazing place and it's so radically different. Than how it was three years ago because three years ago you were a single mom and you were at the beginning of your coaching life and and you lived in Brooklyn and now I live in Long island and all these things and I took a breath and I said yeah and also every part of it was completely intentional and when I realized that I thought wow I actually made this happen It's not some random fluke. I I was very intentional about meeting my now husband. I was very intentional when I changed my career. I was very intentional moving from Brooklyn to here. I'm not going to say all of it was easy. It's not necessarily easy, but it was intentional. And I think that's the shift of coaching is really identifying what you want and then having sort of the, what's the right word? The power and also the support to go after it once you've identified it absolutely and then having that person who reflects back that notion of self talk i can mm-hmm. have my self
0: talk but then susanna can help me course correct the self talk to to be positive and to see what i've accomplished see where and and so then like you said you can take it to the next level then because you've got something to build on and like you said it's not necessarily easy and it might be actually a long journey, but we're building upon things step by step and you don't build on something if you don't see it or if you can't see your own success in it, because then you don't have sort of faith in yourself, I think. So that's the, the for me, yeah, it's that I may have my style of self-talk, but you're helping me to reframe it so that I can see my successes, feel good about them and let them be building blocks to the next thing. Yeah.
1: This is my last, my last sort of plug of the app. (laughs) (laughs) This was very much like sort of rooted in the, in the formation of the whole design and a lot from two years of tinkering with Sarah. And when I was, when we were designing sort of the beginnings of the A-Plan vision and the app and so forth, but it was that I would describe the experience of doing Sarah's old, like what she called her coaching prep form. And it was like the day before. I'd write down, like, what did you accomplish this week? And I'd write down this long list. And what were you grateful for? And celebrate, and I'd write down this long list. And what would happen is I would discover that I'd had an awesome week,
0: mm-hmm. right? I might
1: not have known it in the process, but in, in taking that self-reflection and in sort of doing an inventory of my week since I saw her last, I was like, oh my God, I got so much done. And like, it was so awesome. And like all these great things happened, but they were kind of invisible until I took the time to kind of put them down. And that's what the app is designed to do not once a week right before the coaching session, which is what the coaching prep form, what that was. It was like, Oh, open up the doc, sit down, do it. And the reason the idea with the app was to have that process of making those moments visible, bringing them into our awareness through this sort of self-reflective process happen throughout the week. And in little increments that are 10 seconds, 20 seconds, thumbing in a couple of things on the app, it brings into one's consciousness this deeper understanding of how well things are actually going. And I think, I believe progress begets progress and you feel the momentum and then it builds up as like wind in your sails. And now you're kind of humming Mm -hmm. along and realizing what a great week I'm having just through that self-reflective process. And I think that it sort of alludes to what you were just talking about, but it's like bringing that visibility and that awareness into your consciousness literally changes one's perception of everything.
0: Absolutely. It's like when you focus on the positive, that notion of you attract what you focus on. So when you're focusing on the positive, you see more positive. I, I always love to look back at it. And it even just reminds me of all the things I have to be grateful for, you know, Totally. And and then getting to be grateful for myself and my own progress, yes, but also just the things I'm bringing to my own life and the things I'm bringing to my children and, and to have gratitude for them. It's that same thing. It's like, look at how beautiful my life is. Look at how good this week was. All of those things. And then I get to take that into my next week. Yeah. So I love this notion that you brought at the beginning of overcoming this negative bias. It's mm. helping me actually see how important all of this is, right? To to be reframing that and to be bringing the positive. Um, because I think we feel better and then we can, we do better. We make other people feel better when we're um, in that positive place of, of seeing ourselves in a positive light and for our, all the good that we bring. Yeah.
1: Well, and here, here's the most powerful part of that in, in my life, which is when I was introduced to the idea that it's never too late to have had a great childhood. And I was like, uh, wait, what does that mean? Uh-huh. Like, what are you talking about? Because I I was someone who had this story that my childhood was really a mess and was like traumatic and like all these bad things had happened and you know, sure, bad things happened and my parents divorced and we moved and this and that and all kinds of stuff but I had this whole story that was really out of whack with reality and when I when I was introduced to that idea, never too late to have had a great childhood, I went back and inventoried my youth with a new perspective and I tell you, honest to God, Karen and Susanna, like my story about my childhood is completely different now because I just reframed it and and did that inventory and and brought a positive bias to the same history. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed except my perception of it and it changed everything. And I think that it's not just the immediate past, like last week, right? It's like the whole story. And, and I think that that to me is the single most powerful tool that I've gained from all this because that was a big part, like who I was, was really defined by that kind of well, you know, if you'd had the shitty life I had, you'd act like I do too, you know, mm-hmm. and that was just an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like a mirage in my life and changing that changed everything.
0: Wow. It's like, it really gives you agency for your life, actually, if you can even <laughs> yeah. get to retell or reframe your your own story. Yeah. You you have the power to do whatever you want and be whoever you are. Yeah. And because you get to rewrite the story if you need to. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean it's it's Mm -hmm. a personal Mm -hmm. responsibility in a way. It's another way of like, like I wasn't a victim. Yeah, you know, if I can change it, even after the fact, long after the fact, I'm not a victim of anything. Yeah, Yeah. you know,
2: love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like every time I get to be with you, Karen, it's a gift to me. That's how I feel, and this conversation is exactly that. It's just so fun. You bring so much joy and light, and just. I feel so lucky. I really do. Thank you. I feel so lucky too.
1: (laughs) This was so special, Karen. It's such a pleasure to to talk with you and to learn about your experience and and both just generally and also working with Susanna and and, and working with a plan. It's just such a pleasure. And, and I I know that, that, that there's a possibility of in your future, you know, not just being a consumer of coaching, but being a coach yourself. And I, I think given what we've talked about and my sense of view from today is you'd be an exceptional coach. Um, oh I'd love to benefit from that in the future as things go. And anyone listening to this, I really hope that you've, you've gained something from listening to us today because these stories and these reflections are really from the heart. And um, this is the conversation I love to be in. So Karen, it was so great to be with you today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. I'm so grateful for this time with you. Yeah, it's really special.
1: Thanks for joining us for All You Need is a Plan. If you'd like to learn more about what A-Plan Coaching can do for your team or organization, check out our website, aplancoaching.com, connect with us on social media, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening.